Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Phenomenal Forum. I am your host, Matt Weinstein, a packed house for the final forum of 2020. I'm joined by the big homie, Mark Sanger, Andrew Servideo, along with the modern-day Klimaraja, Chris Klimazuski. Guys, we have a huge show breaking down 2020, the good, the bad, everything about it. But we do have to start with some horrible news the past couple days, the passing of John Huber, known to wrestling fans as both Brody Lee and Luke Harper. Yeah, this was a bit shocking. It came out of it came out of nowhere, honestly, because it's not like we heard any reports like he was sick or he was this or that. It really like it hit it hit me a little bit. I was like, whoa. Like I can't believe he died. You really see too the the impact he had on so many people, both inside the ring and outside the ring. Like you go on Twitter right now, Instagram right now, it's it's still we're like three days out and, and they're still pouring out with different stories and pictures and like how much he was loved and what he meant to these people. It's it's just really horrible. So yeah. I, I had re- what are you gonna say, Drew? He he was just like a big impact in the locker room and and uh, I guess to uh, fans all around the world too. It sucks. It sucks to see uh, it happen to somebody who's so young too. So I had read maybe two months ago, if that. That because his last match was October 7th, it was the dog collar match with Cody, and he hadn't been on TV, hadn't been on being the elite since then. And I had read that there was a specific reason he was being held off TV, and not many people in the company are talking about it, like it was kept hidden, obviously, because a lot of people didn't know really until the day of. Um, they kept him off, you know, just to get his heat back. Then he did get sick, he had a lung problem which kept him in the hospital and he ultimately passed. Um, the, when you, when you look past, well, not look past, but when you are done looking at, you know, the impact he had and how all these people loved him and what he meant to so many people, when you then look at the blow that the wrestling world takes, he was in a top story on AEW whenever he came back. He was the leader of the Dark Order. You now have Hangman Page potentially joining. The matches he could have had, the stories they could have told, now don't get to uh, be told. And now tonight, AEW, they're pushing back New Year's Bash or New Year's da- New Year's Dash. I don't know what exactly they're calling it, but they're, it was a two-week show. They're pushing it back. It's now not starting today. It's starting next week. And they're doing a Brody Lee tribute show. All of the matches for Brody Lee's son, Brody Jr. Um, and it's just, you know, tag matches. Some of them that make sense. Some of them that don't. Like, they're calling the main event, I guess it'd be the main event, the Brody Lee dream match. The Brody, Lee, Brody Jr. dream match. It's Team Taz versus Cody, Orange Cassidy, and 10 of the Dark Order just a match that has no business taking place guys who don't will go together, but they're doing that for his son. So that's really cool. Um, I'm sure dynamite is going to be very powerful, tough to watch tonight, but um, it looks like they've done, they've done right by the families thus far is what I've seen. And the one thing, you know, I love to, and Mark just mentioned it 
you know, you've seen the output of all these wrestlers, you know, just showing their love for John. Well, John Huber was his real name, or Brody Lee, Luke Harper, whatever you want to call him, what you know him by, all the love that's being poured out. And I just love how, you know, even the WWE guys, they didn't call him Luke Harper. They didn't call him John. They called him Brody. Like, they're keeping that kayfabe thing alive. Like, even though it's the, you know, the rival in the rival company right now, AEW, still keeping the kayfabe alive. So I, I kind of like liked it in that sense too. Yeah. They, they showed some things are bigger than a TV deal and cross, you know, cross network. Um, this was their friend and what, you know, a major part of his WWE run was the Wyatt family. Um, I really liked the bludgeon brothers. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, as it was happening, it was just, oh, they have these hammers. They it, have, it was the mallets. It was the mallets. Yeah, it was the, the mallets, the masks, whatever, whatever they have. But the two of them together were always exciting. I got to see live. It was um, the SmackDown after SummerSlam 2018 at the Barclays Center. They defended the tag titles against the New Day. At that point, I think Big E was hurt. So it was Kofi and Xavier. And they had a... They, I don't know if it was a, I don't think it was a tables match. I think it was a like a no DQ or a street fight, whatever you want to call it. And it main evented that SmackDown, and it was it stole the show. People were like, oh, whatever, Bludgeon New Day, it's, it's whatever. And the New Day won the titles. They fought all around the building. It was sick. And then after, I think that was the last Bludgeon Brothers match. At that point, they split up. They did their own thing. Um, and that was the last big story he had in wwe and then eventually it was he got out of his contract he debuted as the exalted one in AEW. it's just so much just so much i don't even know what what to call it it's just the the loss is monumental to the wrestling world it, it like and i said this yesterday when i was doing uh my other podcast and like i'm not com- Pairing it to you know when Kobe died because Kobe's on another level of himself, but it like it's in some sort of a way it had like the same impact kind of to like re- for like wrestling fans I guess in a way if you're if you're understanding what I'm trying to this is a guy who yeah at the time of his passing was a top star in the industry yeah for sure um so with that I would like to move into. What we have prepared here, 2020 year-end, we've done this in the past. Uh, basically, I have a bunch of different categories, and we'll run down. You know, Some of them are best of, some of them worst of. If you have anything for WWE, if you have anything for AEW, we'll shout them out. We'll talk about them. And this obviously was a ridiculous year um, in general. And then when you look at the effects on pro wrestling. So with that, I'll start with um, biggest outside of the ring news. You got to talk about how COVID-19 just changed everything in professional wrestling and how different companies handled everything. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting to see how it was going to handle. And especially because, you know, WWE doesn't get a W the wrestling industry doesn't get a break. This is 365 every Seven days a week. You know, we get wrestling throughout the year. There's no off season. No off season. There's no off season. So you, when this whole COVID nineteen 
business started, you know, you saw the NF, you saw NHL, you saw the NBA and MLB take a break. Like you didn't think you didn't know what was going to happen with WWE, but they managed to, you know, keep the train running while this whole pandemic was going on. You know, they figured out ways to to keep the product moving while, you know, the other companies, MLB, NHL, NBA, they stopped for a few months. They wasn't going on, you know. Granted, yeah, maybe the product wasn't that good, but they managed to keep it going. So you got to give them credit. And the same thing to AEW as well. You know, they got to give them credit in some sort of way to keep the business going. Yeah, neither company missed a week. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Obviously, they had to go to some crazy extremes, whether it was pre-taping or it was... You remember in the very, very beginning, the first time they did like the no fans, Triple H came out and kind of like said everything about how we're here, like we're, we're doing this still, like you always have like a home with us and everything like that. That was, that was like really impactful, at least for me. Like you saw Triple H, like the way he like, it felt real, like the way he was like portraying the whole situation. And uh, that's crazy to think about. They didn't miss a week. And that's what they needed. The, the sense of realism, which in at least on the WWE side has since gone away since they've been, you know, locked in, no fans for them to acknowledge, like, we know what's going on. This is, this is affecting everybody, but, here's what we have to do. And admittedly at the very beginning, when like Clem, you had mentioned, everything was shutting down. I was like, what are they, what are they doing? Like, they're really going to keep doing these shows. Nobody knew anything. And, and then you had her, I remember it was like, Oh, Rey Mysterio, Carmella, Dana Brooke, all these people are sick. And it's like, we don't know what any of this is. How are they still going to put these shows on? Like I was, I was almost annoyed. And then I remember watching the two nights of WrestleMania, which I'm sure we'll get into later. And each night when they ended, it was just like, wow, that was three, three and a half hours of me forgetting all the miserable things that are going on and just watching something. And you look at that and you figure, oh, I guess, you know, that's why they did what they did. And for me, like when when they announced like like all of them that that the shows were going to keep continuing, it was like. I was happy, but like at the same time, like the fans make the whole show, you know, like the fans are like the reason the show continues and exists. So it's like, it's, it's weird for me to still watch. It's still weird for me to watch wrestling without there being a crowd or anything. So it's like, it's like watching an indie show, but at the same time, it's like at a higher level of production. So it's, it's, it's still good. Uh, I just hope that like next year we, we get some matches in WWE, at least with more of a crowd, I guess. Yeah. something to look forward to yeah it was definitely weird at first with no crowd because like drew like you just mentioned the crowd is wwe it's the we are the wwe universe you know we make the storylines we, we as fans we can basically bury or push a guy to the to be a champion or We'd like to think so yeah we like to think so at least you know but like you know it's it was when it was there was no fans it was like like I applaud them and I give them all the credit in the world for still putting shows on, but without fans, it was like, uh, like, I don't know if I can get behind this, you know? And, but like uh, with no foot, with no baseball, no NHL and no NBA going on, I really, for myself, at least I couldn't, WWE was the only thing I could turn to be like, okay, at least I got this sense of normalcy in my life still. You know, I didn't get, I could, didn't get the MLB playoff, uh, MLB off season. I didn't get the NHL and NBA playoffs at first. So the WWE continuing their shows and AEW as well, continuing their shows each and every week had a, a little sense of normalcy to it. Uh, the last thing about it, at least for me, 
you guys talk about how oh, it's weird with the no fans. We're now about nine months into no fans. I'm used to it at this point. And going back and watching old wrestling, and by old wrestling, you know, within last year, it's so weird to see packed crowds and all the pops. Like I watched an old Royal Rumble a couple days ago, and it's it's so foreign to me at this point. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know when that's gonna happen. I don't know how they're gonna bring it back in, but I don't know. They've somehow, like I said, nobody missed a week. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got to give the you got to give them a lot of credit for that. Both AEW and WWE. And then I had one more uh, big. It's one more nominee for biggest outside of the ring news. I have Becky Lynch announcing her pregnancy. That was. I also had that one. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mention you know the COVID thing because I kept, I felt like that was just so obvious. But when Becky announced she was pregnant, it was like, whoa. Like, I can't believe, like, we're about to lose the hottest thing in WWE right now in the middle of this pandemic. And we definitely could have used Becky Lynch during this whole time. But it's like, this was real life here. You know, her and Seth had a kid, well, now had a kid, but at the time conceived a child. And, I mean, you you just got to feel like, wow, like, I can't believe this just happened. That's so true, too, because, like, in a world of unknowns where we don't really know what's going on right now, and, like, Becky is she was the top superstar in the company at the time. And it's another person that you, I don't want to say like, you can like, you can count on, but like when you turn on the show every week, you see her. And like, that's one of those like normalcy things you're used to. And then she left. So it's just another, like a wrench and another, it was obviously awesome. I thought it was done really well. Like how she left and like Oscar was like really like happy and emotional. It seemed like really real and authentic. It was a really nice segment. Do uh, do any of you guys have anything else I, I had a uh, Black Wednesday when everyone just got fired, but I mean that was really that was really all my other thing it, with with the outside of the outside of the uh, ring news. I yeah. had uh, Shad Gasper dying. Oh uh, yeah, I, I forgot that that was even this year. That's true. That's a really big one. Um, the last week at TLC when the Hurt Business, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric finally won the tag titles, Shelton Benjamin went right to see Shad's son afterwards. And they put up a big Instagram post. This one's for you, Shad. Uh, that effect, that was similar to the Brody Lee. That affected a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I love, when primetime was a thing in, when they were in WWE, like, I love crime. They're probably my favorite tag team. And when I heard that Shad died, I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, I like I would have loved to see, like, a crime time reunion at some point down the road. I would have just loved to see even both of them just – I know they were doing stuff on the indie scenes a little bit, but, like, I would have just loved to see them back in the ring. And the fact that I'll never be able to do that, unfortunately, and the way he went out, too, was just so I, heroic, I guess you could say. And it was just – I just, like that, – that hit me as well when Shad passed away. Yeah, that's the biggest thing about both Shad and Brody Lee, that the majority of people who you know remember them, the first thing they mention is how great of fathers they were, mm-hmm. which which really it's home for a lot of people. Um, so 
the, for, for outside of the ring, that's, those are pretty big ones. Um, the next thing I want to move to again, both WWE, AEW, whatever you have, I only have WWE for this category, the worst feud of the year. I have a few different ones. So I want to hear what you guys have to say first. For me, this is a layup. It's Seth Rollins versus the Mysterio family. That's it on my on, list. It went on for literally ever. It was like seven months, six months. We went everywhere we could possibly go with this feud to taking out Ray's eye to Buddy being in love with freaking Aaliyah. To, it was just, it was terrible. Dominic got involved. There was just, there was no place where this feud didn't go and it still didn't end well. Like, the eventual blow off was like a random Friday. Like they were running off Seth so he could be with Becky. It was like a random like Friday where Buddy beat him and like the Mysterios all hugged Buddy. It was just so like ridiculously, absurdly over the top bad, and it went on for so long. And I, I'm good there. I don't have to say anything more about it. And I remember, uh, I guess I texted it to you guys or at some point during the pay per view when they had the eye for the eye match. I remember really enjoying the match. I was sitting with my dad and I'm like, this is really good. This is good stuff. But then, you know, you remember the only way to win is to remove the eye of your opponent. So it's like, if it was just, Oh, you know, no DQ match, like they're two all time greats. They didn't need this ridiculous story, but it just got worse week by week. Never ended. I had uh, anything having to do with retribution. I had specifically Ricochet versus Retribution on my list. Just just after this past week, how many times is Ricochet going to have a match, win or lose, and then Mustafa Ali says, join Retribution, and he goes, no. And then that's it. It's I'm just about done with Retribution. I have, I've, I've been done. I, I was hanging on for a little bit, but I'm just about done. I had... Uh... I had the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. I could not, like, I get it. Like, it was what they were doing during the pandemic. They were trying to make something. They were trying to make uh, chicken uh, chicken shit out of chicken salad or whatever the phrase is. But either way, like, I watched it every week. And I'm like, this is terrible. They had these stupid bowling matches and track and field events. I'm like, this, and these were for the titles, too. Let's not forget these were for the... I don't think they were for the titles. I could have swore they were for the titles. Either way. Either way, it was just not good TV. It was just not good in my eyes. I I, I thought it was absolute dog shit. I got to tell you, I loved it. I know you did. I I thought at that point, there wasn't much happening on Raw. So if I'm going to sit there and watch for three hours, and those segments were always really long, it was like, yeah, I could watch this for 15 minutes. I could watch them play mini golf. I could watch them throw axes or whatever they were doing. I loved it. I thought it was funny. It was hit or miss. I don't blame you for putting it there. There were so many of them. They were so long. I feel like a couple of them hit. I feel like, or like the axe throwing one was good. The basketball one was kind of funny, but like there were the other ones with like, like, like the cops that thought uh, Eric was cute. And like, it was just, some of them were just like, they every, and, and every week somebody coming up saying, oh, you're cute. You not yeah. so much. It was too much. Uh, some of them. Uh, anything else before I give the rest of mine? Also the, uh, uh, What's her name? Lana. Oh, Lana. Yeah. Every every week at Survivor before Survivor Series. Lana and Nia Jackson getting getting put through a table. Lana versus the table. I also I also had uh 
Roman Reigns versus King Corbin at the beginning yep. of the year when there was – Oh, jeez, yeah. That feels like forever ago. That was this year. Yeah, that was the dog food and everything, man. Oh, that was, the, that was this year. That was that was, they that had was, the mat. They had the big blow off match at the Rumble, and <laughs> then they went on for another month. Yeah, it, that like that match at the Rumble was actually pretty good. And but like you look at the whole storyline, it's like this dragged out for way too long. And when you include like that dog food angle, it was like this is dog shit. Like it was, it was not good. But yeah, I also then that was the only other one I had on my list. I have so you guys hit for my list. You hit Roman McCorbin. Yeah. You hit I had Ricochet Retribution. You hit Re- Retribution and you hit Rollins first Mysterio. So I have three more. Three more. One of them I didn't put originally because I forgot it was this year. It started last year, but it bled into the new year. Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. Oh I, no, I like that. I like it because. Oh. Because Rusev was uh, great on the mic. Rusev was great. Oh, I forgot about that. That's this year. Yeah. <laughs> Lana and Bob were married. Like... <laughs> Terrible. I have two more. That was when Heyman was in charge, too. Oh, see, yeah. Like, Remember how they tried to, like, finesse their way out? Like, MVP just, like, took Lashley, and there was, like, no explanation. Lana was like, You know what? Let's go. <laughs> I have two more. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. I like that feud. So uh, I, I like the story was there. It made sense to do, but I did, the execution I thought was shit. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was whatever. And the last one I have is newly entered on this list because again, the execute the story was there, the execution not so much. I have Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. No, since after Bray Wyatt was lit on fire, and then this past Monday when Alexa Bliss said, "Light me on fire." Oh, yeah. I watched that last night. Raw was terrible. I said to you guys in the group chat, because the whole thing is that they want Randy Orton to be the heel. Alexa Bliss had this... So Bray Wyatt, the fiend, stuck his hand down this woman's throat, brainwashed her into electing to be put on fire. And you want me to say that that guy is the good guy. Get out of here. I mean, like, I don't think they're trying to make him a baby face. They're just trying to establish that we you, we want you to hate Randy more. It's so bad. And even Randy Orton can't save it. Randy Orton did some of the best work of his career this year. This is bad. Uh, let's let's stay negative for now. Uh, <laughs> let's go to worst match of the year. Really uh, I got a doozy. Let's hear it. Fiend versus Goldberg is Super Showdown. Yep. Oh, me too. <laughs> That's a big one. That was one of the worst things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to stay on Super Showdown, and I had Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. That too. That I was on was that so show. So excited for that match. You, you, I figured we could put that in the category of Brock versus Finn, Daniel Bryan, AJ. Even if it went six, seven minutes, it went ten seconds. I never watched that match. It was that quick? It was 10 seconds? It, yeah, was, it, was the, it was real quick. It was maybe like a minute. It was similar. No, I don't think so. I think it was similar to the Kofi match. He just ran at him and F5'd him? I think so. I don't bother watching it back. But that was the I, beginning, I checked, of, that was the sure beginning that. of the Ricochet uh, burial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I like Matt, like you just mentioned, I had a lot of hype going into that match because you figure, you know, Whenever Brock goes up against someone like a little guy, they always 
at least put up a good fight. You know, like if it's it, they don't win, but they put up a good fight. And you figured the same thing with Ricochet here because he just got called up too. And nope, not this way. Nope, he got this, his ass kicked. I have one more. Uh, I'm I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it belonged in match or cinematic match, but because I don't have a worst cinematic match of the year. I'm, I just put it in here, Bray versus Braun in the swamp. Yep. The swamp. I decided that it needed to go there. Um, and which will segue to the my final worst category, worst pay-per-view. I have the horror show at Extreme Rules. That was mine as well. Yep. Horrendous. I actually went, I went back and looked at the card because I was like trying to think of what the worst ones were. And it was really bad. We, that was when we got the eye match. That was when we got the swamp match. That was when we got... Um, Drew versus Dolph. Like there was just there were no, for no reason. Well, because it was the middle of the summer, and that's when Dolph Ziggler gets a world title match for a month. <laughs> it's true. Now uh, I'm it gonna, was it was nonsense. I'm gonna Dolph, say- Dolph Ziggler is like Mister SummerSlam. Now you could I feel like you could probably go back to 2016. Every year he's had one pay per view where he gets a title match. Yeah. Whatever. What was I about to say? Um, what do you got? I'm actually gonna say that uh, to go back on worst match of the year. I actually liked the swamp, the swamp match because you know why? It's the only saving grace in that is that we saw Alexa Bliss become Sister Abigail. There, that was the only saving grace for that match for me. And I and I again, and we'll get into it later with story uh, with uh, storylines or whatever, but. I love that the fact that you were including Alexa Bliss and she, I think she's done a fantastic job as sister Abigail, sister Alexa, whatever you want to call her up until this past Monday night. Yeah. I, at the very, it, it was very good for a very long time. Uh, that's another thing I don't care about anymore because I don't, I don't need flames. I don't need arson. I don't. <laughs> All right. So I believe that's the last category I have. It starts with the word worst. Um, so everything else should be positive. Um, best weekly show. Um, I literally wrote NXT versus AEW because it's not Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> I just put NXT. Yeah, I just put NXT. I mean, I, I it's because it, I if we're talking WWE, NXT is sure football fields y'all uh better than than what Raw and SmackDown have been putting in. Yeah, I also think they put on a more consistent, better show than AEW does most of the time. I think that I only watch on SmackDown. So SmackDown. Well, between the two, SmackDown's the answer. Easy, yeah. um, as for NXT AEW, I think that as of late, and by that I mean maybe since the fall started, I'd say AEW has been a better show. It's more consistent because in NXT at this point they're. I watch it every week. It's not bad. I think it's very good, but they're cycling in new people. You know, you have your Indy Hartwells who, you know, marks a bit, a huge mark for your Indy Hartwell, your Austin theory, these new people to start these new stories. Whereas on AEW, you have your hottest angles going. So it's not even a fair fight at that point. Um, For a majority of the year, I would have said, yes, NXT is better. Um, I watch them both every week. Uh, let's stick with NXT. Let's go takeover of the year. There were five: uh, Portland, 
in your house, 30, 31, and war games. I have Portland's by a landslide in February. You have, you have Portland. Portland's my two. I have NXT 30. For I have that second. Yeah. To, in, in my eyes, like Portland was great. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you saw a lot of good matches uh, at NXT 30 with Finn Balor versus Timmy, uh, Timothy Thatcher. You saw Damian Priest win the North American title and really solidify him himself as a as a great NXT wrestler. Uh, Pat McAfee came out of nowhere and put on a hell of a show. And then you had Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee, which was fantastic. I'll defend uh, Portland now. It you had the street fight Dakota Kai Tegan Knox, which led to the Raquel Gonzalez debut. You had another banger between Keith Lee and uh, Dijakovic. I'm sorry, T-Bar. Um, the Broserweights and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish had a really good match, which I thought was match of the night. Um, what else was on that card? The main Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. And then the main event, Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, which then led to the Johnny heel turn. Um, I, I thought top to bottom, that was a perfect show. That might be my favorite takeover. Ever? Of the 32, uh, it's probably top three. Wow. You know, I have Portland, definitely. Uh, the, the, the Johnny Gargano heel turn was, was one of the highlights of my year, I think. Yeah. Uh, so then let's stay with big shows. We'll go to pay-per-view of the year. Uh, I have I have two, two WWE, two AEW. Um, I'll start with AEW. Um, AEW, I have full gear from November, number one, double or nothing in May, number two. Full gear was the last one they just had. Uh, John Moxley main evented against Eddie Kingston. You had one of the best matches of the year and the Young Bucks finally wrestling FTR. Um, Kenny Omega and Hangman, very good card. I thought it was AEW's best show of the year. Um, Double or Nothing was really good, too. The Stadium Stampede, Jericho, Orange Cassidy. Uh, what else is on that? Jungle Boy MJF, which I thought was match of the night. And John Moxley defending against Brody Lee. So that's what I have for AEW. I, for AEW, I, had, I also had Double or Nothing. But I also had Revolution on here. I thought Revolution was a very, very good pay-per-view when it, came, when it all came said and done. Because, you know, the main event was John Moxley versus Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship, where we saw John Moxley win, which was a fantastic win. You had MJF versus Cody Rhodes in their long-awaited feud that, they were go- that, that was going on between them. You had Kenny Omega and Adam Page beat the Young Bucks for the World Tag Team Championship. Again, which is probably the best tag team match ever. Yes. It was a very solid match. And then you had guy, and then you had, you know, like Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara, you know, two young guys who you want to see go at each other, who both put on a very, very good match. And then you had Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. And I thought Chris Statlander did a very good job showing out and be like, hey, I could wrestle. You know, I'm here, I'm here to make a name for myself. And then unfortunately, she tore her ACL uh, soon after that. We, Unfortunately, have not been able to see her since then. But before that, she was she was hot. She was hot in AEW. Uh, yeah, that's a very very good show, Clem. Um, for WWE, I have two that stand above the rest. 
I have the Royal Rumble in WrestleMania. Yeah, I have Royal Rumble as my number one as well. I feel like you – is there another option for WWE main roster pay-per-views? No, it's, it's Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. I liked Money in the Bank. They, they, they tried something different, and it was definitely very – I don't know, adventurous. It was definitely very bold. I thought it worked to a degree. Obviously, it wasn't what we're accustomed to, but it was fun. It was silly. I thought Otis winning was a mistake. So did they. They just took them a little longer to realize that. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was good though. It was a good run. Yeah, it was. Run. And it was like it was like a fun match where everyone was running around and like the two the men and the women like collided at one point and like it was. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I also had the Rumble, but my other I didn't have WrestleMania on here but i had i had payback and i had tlc so tlc is fresh um i thought that was a very go talk talk about payback what was on that card refresh your memory we had the main event was roman reigns uh defeated bray wyatt and braun Strowman. this is when roman reigns oh so this was the show that was like eight days after SummerSlam. It was like the next week. Okay. Exactly. Roman Reigns came out within like with like a minute left in the match and just stole the title from Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. You had Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, which was again another good match. You had you had Big E versus Sheamus with to end their feud. Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. That was a, a very good match. It showed Keith Lee can play with the big dogs like Randy Orton. Uh, you had Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax win the women's tag belts, and you had Bob Lashley defeat Apollo Crews. I thought uh, I now that you bring that up, I don't I don't remember it being terrible. Um, all right. Well, I because I, I, I obviously the world I think obviously the Royal Rumble was the best one this year. But I was like I'm just like looking in like for different things like oh maybe you know not the Rumble you know what what, what other pay per views were good. <laughs> It's good work, Clem. I appreciate that. Um, and then for WrestleMania, uh, Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse, obviously two nights. Um, what else was on the card? McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar. McIntyre beats Brock. The SmackDown ladder match. Uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins was exciting. That's right. Uh, Charlotte Rhea Ripley was a good, probably, I thought was the best wrestling match of the two shows. You got the Randy and Edge 40-minute adventure. Yeah. I liked that. I did, too. It was so long. It was, it was so long. long. It, was, it was the greatest wrestling match ever. No, that, that came later. Oh, um, was that? No, was that? that this that was, was the last man standing match. Oh, right, 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 right. It was very long. Yeah. What about uh, cool, Alistair Black beat Lashley at WrestleMania? To get himself on the card, yeah. Um, Bianca Belair debuted at WrestleMania. I'm still sad about Alistair Black, man. It's a total shame. Um, but the two-night WrestleMania is the most fun I've had watching WrestleMania in a long time. Because by, like, the semi-main event of WrestleMania, it's 11.30, and I'm wiped. And, like, I'm trying to they should keep They should keep doing the two-night for sure. I don't know they how they would have crowds. With crowds, I don't know how they'd be able to pull it off. But, like... I was it's in simple, bed, dude. Like, dude, Japan does it every every time with Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. Yeah, but how much they're they potentially lose out? I don't think they could. I think they make more. <laughs> could they fill ninety thousand seats two nights in a row? Yeah, you think? Yeah, they would have to. They would have to advertise the matches beforehand. Like, what, yeah. what shows? What 
I agree. Exactly. Um, but you know, both shows were done by like ten thirty. It was nice. It was nice. And it was it was great. I got two very good nights of sleep afterwards, which doesn't happen after WrestleMania. Yeah, it was good watching. You know, instead of watching from like six to twelve at night, we got like seven to eleven, at, or like seven to ten. And seven. they split it in half, which it was because WrestleMania. If you're watching the whole pre-show, you're watching like five to midnight. That's miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I went. I went to like, thirty-five, and it was it was a long. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, but it's WrestleMania. I'm not gonna not watch, but it's like you need you need a break. Yeah. So the two night WrestleMania was a success story in 2020. If it continues, personally, I doubt it. If there's if it's a regular mania that we've seen in the past. Uh, let's see what I should pick next. Let's go breakout star of the year. I have both WWE and AEW. Um, AEW, I have Orange Cassidy. I also had Which I feel like has to be the answer. He went from no, he went from people literally being like, I don't get it. This is ridiculous. Then he had the ridiculous match with Pac at uh, Revolution. And then he has this huge feud with Jericho. He was the number one guy in the company pretty much. He, he's a made man. Um, 2020, if anything, was the year of Orange Cassidy. Um, I have Eddie Kingston right behind him. Basically got signed on a whim during the Cody Open Challenge. They brought him in for one night. He talked himself into a contract. Uh, and now for WWE. So I have three guys on the list. And my fourth guy, I literally wrote, I wish it was Dominic Mysterio. Because he had all the makings of being that and they just pulled the rug from under him because they, I guess they don't think he's ready. And they, now he just wears funny clothing and is with his father. It's, it's McIntyre. Um, Drew had like insane year, obviously a year like we've never seen before. There were no fans. He did like a ridiculously good job cutting promos and keeping us engaged while no one's there. Um, his in-ring work was really good. They, I wasn't really fully sold on him when this all happened, when he won the Rumble and everyone was like, he's the next big guy. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, he, he obviously has the look and everything, but like, I couldn't really picture him as a baby face. I think that was the thing for me. Like, he has such yeah, like a, a heel look to him and like, he's like this big guy. And But they've done a really good job making him that like edgy, like tweener baby face. And it's it works really well. And I think Drew is the star of the year. He went from he went from a borderline main eventer to number one in the company overnight. The store and whether you like or dislike it, a lot of that has to be. I'm trying to think of the words. A lot of that has to be attributed to Brock Lesnar. He made him look like a star. Those nights leading to Mania when there were still fans on Raw, I remember the biggest one, obviously the Royal Rumble, and then the biggest one was the night, like he Claymore kicked him on the top of the stage. And then I remember reading something that like Brock was laying down, the title was there, and Drew McIntyre was about to like get ready to pose, and he was like, grab the title, grab the title. And so... 
whether you like or dislike Brock, he he helped make McIntyre a star. And I can't wait to see Brock Lesnar in the ring again. It never felt forced either. Like during the whole pro- it wasn't like a Roman thing where it was like, yo, stop with this guy. Like Drew never lost and it never felt forced. What does he have? Two losses all year? He lost the title to Orton in the Hell in a Cell, and then he lost Screwy at Survivor Series? Yeah. He's only had two. Probably. Um, who else do you guys have in the running? Uh, I, this is for Breakout, right? Guy. Breakout star. So I have two. One being Keith Lee. I wrote Keith Lee question mark at the top Keith of Keith Lee because list. like of the main like he got pulled up to the main rosters and like now he's like, like he was supposed to be, and then but what's he done? But I agree that he. I won- think I think he's like put himself in the running as to being like a like a good con- like contender for the belt. He's a main eventer on Raw. He's Absolutely. a main eventer. Yeah, he's a main eventer on Raw. But you it was almost that. it was it's same type of deal. They pulled the rug from under him. It was like oh, he won both titles. Everybody's been talking about him last year about Survivor Series and the Rumble, and now he's on Raw and whatever. They're going to build him up. They're going to build him up again. Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble, they build him up more for sure. I I agree. But yeah, Keith Lee, definitely on the list. What about you, Clem? Wait, wait, I had a a second. Oh, Drew, go for it. My second one is Damian Priest. He's on my list too. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He's, he's going to do big on, on NXT soon. I say for, I went for my, for, for my uh, breakout. So I have NXT. I mean, well, I just blew it. I have WWE and uh, AEW. For, uh, for WWE, I had Damian Priest. Uh, my next one was Dexter Loomis. I absolutely in love with Dexter Loomis. This dude is a future champion. I will mark. Well, you can mark my words saying this. Dude's a future champion. Nope. He is money, man. This guy is absolutely. He's great, and he doesn't have to say anything. That's the perfect part. This dude just looks the part of a crazy person, and it's amazing. I think Dexter Loomis is really good too. I think you are his biggest fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> no exaggeration. Like, like I'm the biggest Nikki Cross fan. I'm a big, big. I heard they're gonna team together in the mixed match challenge. But yeah, <laughs> mixed match. I was gonna get that dual shirt. I have Dexter Loomis, and my other my other breakout star for WWE is Karrion Cross. Just because of the fact that he debuted when he debuted on NXT, they threw him right into the store. They threw him right into the championship. And he would he would probably still be NXT champion if he didn't get injured. But you know, carrying across, he had the he had big runs on the indie circuit. So now they, he obviously has gonna have a big run here on NXT. For AEW, I had where is it? Uh break I had I had Orange Cassidy and I had I have Darby Allen too. Okay. Because of the fact that, you know, yeah, people knew who Darby Allen was coming into this. He established himself as a very credible wrestler last year. But he really turned it on this year. You know, he won. You saw him have an amazing match with Cody Rhodes to win. A few the- amazing matches. They that's what made him is the story yeah. with Cody, not just one match. I 100% agree. Yeah, no. In the in Darby Allen has solidified himself as a very very good worker in AEW. So I had- that on Raw and SmackDown, the only definitive one is like Drew, and the rest you have to go to like AEW or NXT. It's kind of sad. Well, Keith yeah, Lee. That's why for Keith Lee. There's been nothing really on the main roster. I guess it would have been Otis, but then <laughs> nothing came of that. Um, my one other guy is Pat McAfee. Yes. Um, he's so much fun to watch. And he you can tell he gets it. 
Like he doesn't want to be looked at as, oh, this is a football player, radio guy who's now in WWE. No, he wants to be a wrestler. And she's still there right now. Uh, so apparently they took him off TV. I don't yeah, know what the deal February. is. I mean, he's, they don't need him there every week. I'm sure yeah. by WrestleMania season, he'll be back. Um, Did you guys see the show, his show after War Games? I saw highlights of it where he was selling the injuries. Yeah, he had the neck brace on and everything. It was just so funny watching him do the show in the neck brace. Yeah. Was- He's awesome. Uh, so, Clint, I want to go back to Karrion Cross. Yeah. I like Karrion Cross. I do. Here's my problem. The entrance is sick. He's got a good look. He has scarlet on his hip. It's all good. They book him like a monster. They present him like a monster. But then he gets in the ring and wrestles like Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah like i he has no believability as a monster once the bell rings mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he does the um the submission the cro- i get the cross jacket i think it's called good name um so like that's fine but his finish is a back suplex a side suplex what do you i don't know i think um I think they're gonna put they're gonna put the rocket to his back. I don't even think he's gonna win the NXT title back. I think they should just put him on the main roster at this point. They obviously like him that much. That's fair. So that's my deal with Karrion Cross. Uh, otherwise, for breakout star of the year, yeah, I, you got to say Drew McIntyre. Um, what else we got here? Let's go with return of the year. I mean, this one's just easy. All right, on the count of three. One, this two, one. three, edge. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was trying to think of somebody funny, but I, I didn't have enough time when you guys said three. Uh, yeah, edge coming back was sick. Roman gets an honorable mention. I guess so. It, it gets an honorable mention, but, like, it's, it's edge. It doesn't compare. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But Roman was a big deal as well. Roman coming back was a big deal. Uh, as for AEW, more of a debut than a return. I had Sting. I also had Sting. Sting's oh, yeah. return to TNT. Um, excellent. I'm excited. I also had MVP. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's a good one. Uh, he, his sort of got like pushed back because of Edge, but I, I think he cemented himself as, as a, as a uh, top-tier talent as of this year with the Hurt Business. Uh, for for AEW besides Sting, I had uh Pac and uh Doctor Britt Baker DMD, uh because they're both fantastic. <laughs> if you, if you didn't know, she was never gone. She was injured. She was on TV every week. Well, that's why I was like, that's why I have her third on my list. So I was like, I didn't know if that counted. All right, all right. Um, let's see, let's see, let's go to. So that's the next two I have. Well, actually, no. Let's do top moment of the year. So, which basically basically could have been, you know, such and such wins this match. Or, like, my first one is Edge Returns. Like, I literally just have Edge Returns. We yeah. kind of already did that. For WWE, I had <laughs> Edge Return and the Undertaker Farewell Survivor Series. Regardless of how stupid it was handled, it <laughs> was still, all right, this looks legitimate. This is This is it for him. Yeah, and I told you guys it was going to happen. You did. I I had uh, Edge returning because it's been 11 years since we saw Edge return. And the fact that, you know, 
looking at the circumstances now. Nine years. No, it was nine years. 2011. Oh, 2011. No. You know, just like yeah, I have one that, like, it's probably not remembered extremely well, but, like, it was so cool to me. So when John came back and he cut the promo, like, Mania doesn't need me this year, like he did the last couple of years, like, it's fine, it's whatever, like, I'll buy a ticket, I'll hang out, like, it's a no big deal. He cuts his whole promo, says how much he loves Boston, he goes to the ramp, then the Fiend stuff hits, and all that stuff, and then the way the camera was, like, was positioned was so well done that, like, you see John, and then, like, you see the Fiend, like, behind him when the camera, like, pans a little bit, and then John gives him, like, a little, like, tap when he points at WrestleMania, and I thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. I forgot that. Yeah, I forgot that happened. It was like the it's coolest. So guy just goes like this to him, and like it's 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 going on. I was, was very very so. cool. That was hype. For AEW, I have I had Sting was on my list. I have two others. Number two, I have Omega winning the title and taking it to TNA. Um, I'm sorry, Impact Wrestling. And for number one, it's kind of a combo because they both happened on the same night. It was one of the first no fan shows. I don't, I don't think it was the first one, but it was one of the first few where Brody Lee debuts as the exalted one of the Dark Order. And then in the main event, the elite feuding with the inner circle, they took out Nick Jackson the week before. Matt Jackson gets on the microphone. He's like, look, we needed some help. I got in touch with somebody who owes me a favor. Vanguard one pops out. Matt Hardy debuts in AEW. The two of them being, you know, a half hour apart from each other. I had that for my number one moment of AEW of the year. Yeah, I didn't have any moments, but those are good ones. <laughs> uh, it's moment. Let's go. Now let's go. The next two, we'll go storyline of the year and feud of the year. Basically, the difference feud is set of matches. Storyline could be the same deal or it could just be something outside of the ring like i have for storyline of the year for AEW, i had one omega going over to impact and two just the run up before Brody lee's debut who is the exalted one uh the rumors obviously everybody thought it was going to be matt hardy until it finally happened the build-up was huge so i have that on my list uh for me for storyline i had anything with the fiend because I still think to the at this moment, even though we had it was a dog shit raw, that anything with the fiend has been very interesting since his debut. And I every time I'm glued to the TV with the Firefly Funhouse, with uh, Alexa Bliss, with the fiend, anything with the fiend has been has had my attention from day one, and it, it's been it's been really good. I I like I will if they put him. With Santino Morella, I will watch it. I don't really care. I watch that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't care what it is. You could put him as the commentator. I will watch it. Don't matter. No matter what. Give, give me more of the fiend. I have anything to do with the hurt business. Ooh. Okay. I think the hurt business this year has proved themselves as like one of the main acts of WWE. I love the hurt business. Yeah. I like Roman um, and Jay. Roman and Jay. I had, I had that for a feud, so it's pretty much the same deal. They're similar. I had so for two storylines. I had Tribal Chief, and which I guess is the same deal. I had the Tribal Chief, and I had the return of the Legend Killer Randy Orton. Yes, taking out everybody, leading up to the greatest wrestling match ever. 
Randy Orton, like I said earlier, Randy Orton did some of the best work of his whole career in 2020. Uh, for I also for storyline of the year, I had for, for AEW, I had MJF in the inner circle because anything, any first of all, anytime Chris Jericho and MJF are together, it's fantastic. And you know when they put on the the greatest show, whatever the the, dance, the dinner debonair, the dinner debonair, like that was the most outrageous. That was the greatest steak dinner of all time. Then they did the the dance number together. It was it was amazing. Like and this and let's not forget this happened just within the last two months. Like so this is this, this it was I thought it was fantastic. Anything they did together. And then MJF won a legitimate New York Times award for uh, <laughs> performance of the year. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Le Dinner Debonair. That's hysterical. Yeah. He's he's money. Um for feud of the year. I have AEW's feud of the year. I have John Moxley versus MJF. Uh, that was all out. The match was September. So end of the summer through September. Um, back and forth on the mic. They did some great work. The match was really good. That's my number one. Behind that, I have the Elite versus the Inner Circle, which culminated at the Stadium Stampede. For feud of the year, WWE number one, we touched on Edge versus Orton. Number two, we touched on Roman versus Jey Uso. But my number three, I have Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Matt, 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 you read my mind, brother. I had the same thing on my list. Pat, I, I thought, see, I thought I was going to be slick, like, oh, a Clemson idiot. Like, oh, he picked Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole. Oh, I'm so glad you also picked that. No, it was good. The I way they built to it on his show, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. It was- it was a very, I would say, underrated feud because, like, it's. I wouldn't call it underrated. It was probably the top story on NXT this year, probably behind Keith Lee winning both titles. I mean, besides uh, for WWE, at least, uh, you mentioned the other two. I had uh, Sasha and Bailey, obviously. I mean, that was just, that was long awaited. We were waiting the whole year for that one. I um, wanted more. Exactly. It, it didn't live up to it. It didn't live up. I feel like because the fans, you know, that played a part into it. I we can. I mean, yeah, I get it, but like we can only we they could have only delayed it so much, you know. They just they pulled the trigger on that at such a weird time, like a random SmackDown. Bailey was like, all right, and just attacked her. Like, it just didn't really make sense to me when it happened. I still hope that Bailey wins the Rumble, and that's the Mania match. I wouldn't hate it, but it looks like it looks like Bianca Belair is getting the. Huge push. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of ways they could go. We'll get into the next year after this, but, day, yeah. but that's that's the match I'd like to see. Um, for feud of the year in AEW, I had John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, just because anytime they put on a promo together, it felt very real. Like it felt like these guys really hated each other. Like, and I don't know. And what- the point of the story was that they were very good friends for a long time. Exactly. So it, it it felt very like real, like, oh, my God, like these guys really hate each other and they're really going to kill each other. Like, that's what it really. And that's why, like, you know, I had I also had Cody Rhodes and MJF on here as well. But like this John Moxley, Eddie Kingston storyline, like it, we, we knew John Moxley already. We know who he was. We know he's a great talker. We know he's a great wrestler. For those that didn't know who Eddie Kingston was, it really, you know, brought light to Eddie Kingston. Like, oh, man, this dude can actually wrestle. And, oh, man, this guy is great on the mic. So, you know, when when he was able to do that, I really was like, oh, shit. I actually like Eddie Kingston. I think he's I think he's good now. 
because I didn't know who he was. Before. He's awesome. Right. It was an introduction to him, which is which is very very cool. Um, what was that feud of the year? Yeah, any, wait, 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 I didn't get mine. Yeah, I was gonna say anybody have anything else? Uh, uh, I yeah. have uh, as my number one feud. It was uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns in Survivor Series. Yes. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just cemented themselves as like the top guys of the brands, and like that. That just it just shows like how how hard they've worked. So a lot of the time you get these survivor series matches and they, they build this oh best of the best. And that's never the truth. Um, you could argue, honestly, the only ones I'd say probably were is when you got the Brock matches, Brock, AJ, Brock, Daniel Bryan. But this was that, and it lived up to it. You knew it wasn't going to be clean because there's more story to tell here. Um, yeah. Like I, I've said recently, I wouldn't be surprised if, especially now that the Miz got the briefcase back, spoiler alert, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Miz takes the title off McIntyre, and Drew wins the Rumble and faces Roman. That's that's the money match. Is it? The- you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not Nikki Cross and Dexter Loomis versus whoever versus the Miz and Maurice. Like my bad. That's like as big as I could go if they wanted to go like crazy big. For That's them. the yeah. If obviously the rumors of The Rock, potentially John Cena, you're not gonna get that with no fans. Yeah. That's the biggest match they could have. Yeah, it depends if they're gonna have fans. Current or not. roster. Yeah. Uh, let's go to best talker of the year. I just put Pat McAfee. I have three each. He's one of mine, but he's not my number one for WWE. Well, what's your number one? Well, my number one. Well, my number three is The Miz because he could win this award every year. Two, I had Pat McAfee. Number one, I had Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. Yeah, he was his, my number two. His return, I thought he was the, I've said it before, the no pun intended MVP of Monday Night Raw for a long time uh, on, on the other side of Drew McIntyre. He, it was McIntyre on one side of Raw, MVP on the other side. The two of them kept the show afloat for months. I think that's why I want last year to win the 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 uh, the Royal Rumble. He's part of the reason to do Lashley McIntyre again. Lashley would, McIntyre for at the main that's a, see that's a big money match now also because before when they did it, I think it was Money in the Bank. There was no hurt business. It was just Bobby Lashley with MVP, but also the lingering Lana stuff. Yeah. He wasn't – I don't think Bobby Lashley was as big of a draw yeah. at that point is what I'll say. Um, Bobby Lashley is the best. He's one of my favorite guys on the roster. Um, Got to give Zelina Vega, even though she's released uh, some love here as well. Yeah. That's not a bad one. She was money with them. With She was so good. Once they split up Andrade and Zelina Vega, you knew for at least one of them it was over. Yeah. And – I figured it would probably be Andrade because someone's got to talk for him. Uh, meanwhile, Zelina Vega likes Twitch, so she's no longer employed, and only, which, which is a whole nother thing. And OnlyFans. Let's not, let's not discredit OnlyFans here. Third party. <laughs> Roman got so much better, too, at cutting promos and like delivering messages. Yeah. Roman got really good at talking. Yeah. I agree. Uh, for me, for w- I also had Pat McAfee on my list, but my number one guy. And like you said with The Miz, that he can win it every year. This guy can win it every year, and it's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is absolute money okay. in time he speaks. Absolutely. And it, 
it's it's he's he's funny. He's a great heel. He's a great face. He he, he can, can play every side. He literally can. And it's I love when he when he gets on the mic. Uh, another guy who I always have in that category, but I felt like it was I wasn't allowed to put him was Samoa Joe because now he's on commentary. But he's another guy. Him and Kevin Owens are very similar. Yeah. Kevin Owens also was like my number three. Uh, and then for AEW, I had in order, I had MJF, Eddie Kingston, Cody Rhodes. I had I had one and only one because I think this guy is the best talker, just not in AEW, but in pro wrestling in general. It's MJF. Uh, we have we're getting to the big ones now. Um, tag team of the year. AEW, I have one, and it is FTR. Forever the revival, fear the revolt. FTR were so good. It's such a revival mark, it's crazy. They were, I am. They were so <laughs> good in AEW. And then they finally got the match with the Young Bucks, which, spoiler alert, my one of my favorite matches of the year. Do with that information as you will. Um, they're awesome. They're so, so good. Uh, you could put the Young Bucks, you could put Hangman and Kenny. I got FTR. Uh, AEW-wise, and I've said this multiple times on this show, they are I think they are the best tag team in the world, and it's the Young Bucks. They are just absolute – they're fantastic every time they step in the ring. Yeah. And they and they, without a the their title reign as AEW tag team champions was long-awaited, and I'm so happy they have the titles now because they literally are the best tag team in the world. It's getting harder and harder – for me to argue that statement, Clem. Thank you. I'll say that. Um, and we'll move to WWE. This is such a ridiculous thing because I feel like the only answer is the Street Profits. Yep. What, what did they even do this year? Nothing. They just had the titles. Yeah, but they were the most entertaining yeah. part of like Raw for like the longest time. But it's like by default they win, which sucks. Yeah, that's why I put Street Profits because the tag team division has been bad. You know who I have? I had one more, and I feel like if there was no pandemic, if they got a true run and potentially fall out, I have the Broserweights, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle behind them. Yeah, they were they were my number two. I almost wrote them, and then I changed it to Street Profits. They got cut short. Um, Pete Dunne turning on Matt Riddle would have been fantastic. We never got that. Uh, they were so entertaining. I was gonna say, like, I had I had the street profits, street street profits. Obviously, they uh, they've been the best by default, like you said. But like, even like AEW, I mean AEW, uh, undisputed era, like they they were good this year, but they haven't wasn't nothing of significance. And like, I wanted to put Imperium as well, but. I don't really watch. Didn't do anything. I don't watch UK, so I really don't. Well, they were. Well, no, they were NXT tag champs. Yeah, but that was like the beginning. But again, like you just said, they don't do anything. They didn't do much. No, a lot of people didn't do anything just because of circumstance. Um, anybody else have anybody? Or is it all Street Profits? Uh, yeah, but Street Profits. <laughs> so we have, for those listening, we have. I guess the New Day. Just, just cause, yeah, yeah. they were like. Probably like four times this year they were tag champs. Miz and Morrison at the beginning of the year, but they haven't done anything as a tag team since. Um, 
what we have left, we have female wrestler of the year, male wrestler of the year, cinematic, cinematic match of the year and match of the year. Uh, we'll go female wrestler. I had, didn't even have to think about it. Bailey. Yeah. I put Bailey as well. I had Sasha. I disagree. But tell me why. I only had Sasha just because, you know, when they actually... She was in Mandalorian. <laughs> I actually haven't watched Mandalorian yet, so... It's fire. It's fire. No, I got a lot. I'm a bad, bad Star Wars fan. But anyway, um, I had Sasha just because of the fact that, you know, I felt like Bailey's title reign with the title was dr- not drawn out, but, like, it was long, and she needed to drop it at one point. And then Sasha... That's because of the pandemic. I, I Yeah, but... I was just like, I felt Sasha's, you know, turn on Bailey. It was great. It was, you know, they were, she was the tag champion at one point. She was also the raw champion at one point. Let's not forget that. And I thought Sasha put on some great work this year. So I was going to give it to Sasha. I felt like Bailey was the easy choice. That's why I'm choosing Sasha. So the reason I picked Bailey over Sasha is because you're, and it's tough to do something like this when you're looking at, full 12 months of stuff the resume from january to december for bailey is so much bigger sasha has as of recent as of the past couple of months has been hot she's now the champion this is really her first big run as the women's champ getting to hold on to the title for a little bit she's having defense you know she had a solid defense against carmella she beat bailey the week after she won it but bailey put the division on her back all year through the pandemic through everything that's why i have her um for aw i picked hikaru shida just because you know she's been the champion she's had some good matches the division is isn't particularly strong it's getting better i'll admit but it's still not great so that was just kind of like she wins i guess yeah i agree with you on that one like i had Britt baker but she didn't really wrestle this she didn't wrestle a lot this year, so I really couldn't. You couldn't. Clem, do me a favor. Rewind like 20 minutes ago and listen to what I told you about Burt Baker. She didn't do anything. No, she's a good talker. She's great on the mic. She's a really good talker. She, you know who else is a good talker? Let me think. Um, I can't think. Samoa Joe's a good talker. He should have been wrestler of the year. He didn't wrestle either. He didn't wrestle since January. He's a good talker. He should Dude, be. But when he comes back, though. I don't know if he ever is. I hope so. I really He'll hope come back. So. He'll come back. He's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Samoa Joe for the Royal Rumble. Samoa Joe beats Drew McIntyre. I'd love that. Um, male wrestler of the year. I have two on each. I have. Let me see. How many do I have on each? I, have... I just have McIntyre. I think McIntyre is indisputable. Yeah, McIntyre and Randy. He carried he carried WWE throughout this entire year. I was back. I didn't even have McIntyre in my top three. That's that's let absurd. Guess, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Your top three. Your top three. Pat McAfee, Dexter Loomis, and Adam Cole. Not neither of those guys, right? Well, now. then you got me. I have as my top wrestler of the year. You really think about it from back all the way from the Royal Rumble all the way to to now. It's it's Randy Orton. Randy Orton's. I mean, granted, yeah, he may have not won a lot of those matches, 
But you look at, you know, the lead up from the Royal Rumble to Mania. What was the most hyped match? Yeah, yeah you, you don't got to sell me on Randy Orton. I know. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just. I'm or your other two over Drew. Damian Priest. Because he was absolute. He was my breakout and my. Over Drew McIntyre? Read a book, dude. Oh, <laughs> Drew, Drew was the easy choice. I couldn't. I just didn't. Sometimes watch. the easy choice Drew's is the, the right only choice, though. dude. I'm I'm with you with you don't want to pick the easy choice you want to stand out that's fine but sometimes it's okay to say yeah I think Drew McIntyre was the best wrestler in the company this year who's your third the Fiend just because okay. like, like I said with the storyline uh, one anything he's been involved in has been great you know you could put him with a bag of rocks and I think it'll it'll play out he's a great we all know he's a great wrestler he's dominant we know that so I had him as three. I have Drew McIntyre, number one. My number two is MVP. Oh, I'm getting shit for for Damian Priest, but you could put MVP. MVP carried Monday Night Raw. That's a good point by Clem, though, because he didn't That's wrestle really point. at all. I didn't wanna, he I, wrestled I, I a bit. Sidestep it, but... A little bit. Like, nah. I wouldn't put him as a wrestler, yeah. I'd put him as, like... Manager, my <laughs> argument Manager. for MVP is that I look I, again, I have him behind McIntyre, so excluding McIntyre, he was the most important person on the roster all year. So, top two, can you say that? I love Damian Priest. Can you say that about Damian Priest on NXT? Well, no, but just because of the fact that NXT is stacked, that's why. But Raw, look, Raw is stacked. Raw Just because they don't do things with people, Raw stack, dude. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. They don't do things with these Raw guys. They do th- do do everything with the NXT guys. So it's not – so MVP aside, let's say someone who's been – AJ Styles. Is it AJ Styles – he's a bad example, too, because he's incredible. But is it – let's say Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, okay. which, again, not a great example, but – he did less than AJ. Is it Daniel Bryan's fault that Damian Priest arguably had a better year because he had more opportunity? Well, I mean, when you put it that way, yeah, Daniel Bryan's obviously the better wrestler and everything like that, but... It might have also been a bad example. I think it was. <laughs> but either way, like, with Damian Priest, if we're going off of, you know, storyline, obviously, if we're going off of, like, the best wrestler who had the best year and everything, yeah, it's Drew, Randy, and uh, what, what what we've been saying. But when you can see, when you see, MVP, duh. Like, I, I, I agree with you to the fact that, yeah, besides Drew, MVP carried Raw. I agree with you 110% because he's been must-watch TV every time he's on, he's on my television. So here's my, here's my issue. I think knowing that I had MVP too, I should have been less hard on you. <laughs> and I forgot, you know, cause you know what happened? I, I, I buried you real good. And then I looked down and saw, I wrote down MVP and I've been thinking about it all week that I wanted to talk up MVP, but I was like, oof, now is not the time. <laughs> I will, no, I, I will go. admit to that. Um, I had McIntyre number one. Obviously, for AEW, I had 
the same way that I feel that Drew McIntyre was indisputable, I have John Moxley for all the same reasons. He carried the show. He carried the promotion for – he won the title in February for 11 months. John Moxley, number one. Kenny Omega, number two. Yeah, I had MJF at number two. That's it's, fair. Yeah, it's, and it's, again, nothing against – I love Kenny. And, you know, the fact that he's a heel now, he's the cleaner again, has been fantastic. But, like, like I said – with the storylines MJF was in this year, the way he, I think he's the best talker on in all professional wrestling. I think he's the best heel in all professional wrestling. It, you put it all together with the year he had, it was undisputed, hashtag undisputed era. Realistically, and I guess you make the argument that he, he was had a good end of the year last year, but he's the guy, MJF, that you look at and say, yeah, breakout star. Yeah. He's in that category. Um, does anybody else have anybody left or are we moving on? We have cinematic match of the year and we have match of the year. We'll go cinematic first. Uh, I have the boneyard match. So do I number one. Yeah, that's number one. I had the money in the bank match. And it's not a it, it, minus minus the ending when Ray got thrown off the roof and Otis won. So did Alistair Black. And then they were fine, by the way. Yeah, fine the next day. Because they said, you know, good thing there was an extra floor that we landed on. Minus those. those and they teamed them up because they're, they're blood because, brothers. Oh, the Baron Corbin threw you off the roof? Same, dude. <laughs> and, and it's not even like, let's go team up against him. He's on a different show. So let's let's team up and wrestle other people. They'll forever have that bond of being thrown off a roof by Baron Corbin. <laughs> I just thought the whole idea of the Money in the Bank match was very good on both ends between men and women. The idea was very cool. I thought it was. I thought it was very cool. I I would I would look forward to seeing it again. I just I mean, if you take the ending out with Otis winning and Alistair Black and getting thrown off the roof, it was a solid match. I I I, I I'll give it its credit there. Here's my argument. First off, there were better, which is easy. Um, the big deal, though, I would look forward to seeing it again as well. But the problem is that in order to get that, we're giving up the traditional money in the bank ladder match, which is a highlight of the year. Mm-hmm. So to get that, what you have to give up, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah to be completely honest, if there was some other sort of gimmick that they did it with and there was still a regular money in the bank ladder match, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the stadium stampede because the Firefly Funhouse match wasn't really a match. It was so good. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. But when we're talking about the match, give the stadium stampede the edge because it was awesome. They fought around the football field, all these little um, Easter eggs and callbacks. It was super good. Fire Funhouse, it was, it was the, I guess it was the, you'd say it's the kind, really. Um, 
Matt, Matt Hardy's done some stuff like it, but in at, to, at that grand a scale in a main event spot at WrestleMania, John Bray Wyatt put on a show. Did you have that number one? I did have number one. I, uh, you- I mean, like everything, I'm well known. Everything John does, I, I love. But uh, it was just so well done. They like they went back and leaned on so many things that like you would just imagine would be limits. Like he's like you, just, you can't touch it. Like when you're talking about John Cena's career, they did things with Vince, like the, the such good shit thing. Like there's so many like little tidbits in that where it's like you never thought this would come to light. You never thought this would see like be exposed on their promote like it, it was just so like transparent well done it was perfect it was so well done like i said the only reason i don't have it past stadium stampede past the boneyard match because there wasn't much match to it but the the essence of it what you got out of it probably number one um let's go to match of the year before we do that um I'm annoyed at myself. We did pay-per-view of the year a while ago. And I had an honorable mention because it was my favorite show of the year. Worlds Collide in January between NXT and NXT UK was my favorite show of the year. Like I said, you had main event. It was Undisputed Era versus Imperium where Walter became the biggest baby face ever. Um DIY versus Mustache Mountain, my favorite. Oh my god, I forgot that happened this year. Yeah, Finn Balor versus Ilya Dragunov. It was an incredible, incredible show, and I'm annoyed that I forgot to bring it up. So we'll get to match of the year. I have again. I have a couple, both shows, both promotions rather. I didn't order anything. It's it's up for debate. What do you guys got? For match of the year, and I, I have six match of the year candidates for WWE. I have five. Uh, not in any order. I have Edge versus Randy Orton at Backlash. You mean the greatest wrestling match of all time? That was the last man. That was the last man standing match, right? No, the last man standing was at Mania. Mania match. That's the one. I like. The Mania match. I have Backlash, greatest match ever. Oh, maybe I do have them mixed up. Then I don't know. I ha- I wrote down Backlash. Which is the one when they fought on top of the mania? That was me. I like the mania one better. <laughs> but um, I had that. I had AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Title on, on SmackDown. Yep, I have that as well. I had the Men's Elimination Chamber. I don't even remember what that was. It was the tag one. It was the tag match with uh, all the tag teams, and you had uh, Kalisto do like the- oh. Do off the top of the cage. It was Lince Dorado, and then Otis ran or Tucker ran through the pod. That was a very, very good match. That was really good. Uh, I had that was this year. That was February, I guess. I had AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Sami Zayn for the IC title. Got a match. Uh, War Games, men's War Games. Sure. I had Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. I assume none of you have seen. I watched it. It was incredible. It was the hardest hitting match I had ever seen in WWE. If you have not watched it, the end of October on just a regular NXT UK episode, which I don't watch, 
but I watched the match because I heard such good things. The match was outrageous. Yeah, I don't watch UK at all, but like you like you just said, I, I heard so many good things about it. I had to go watch it, and I watched it. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Uh, my match of the year was Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly at NXT TakeOver 31. Ooh. Which we are getting again one week from today. Yep. I'm excited, man. This is that was a that was a good match too, though, dude. Like I thought, NXT 31 was by far probably one of the worst takeovers, but that match was rocks. Yeah, I think uh, it cemented the undisputed eras. Like Adam Cole is not the leader. Like Kyle Riley, they're equals. Yeah, Kyle Riley and and uh, the rest of them. Mission (laughs) Roddy Strong. Yeah. They're all they're all equals. Mark, what do you got? For match of the year, match I got of the year. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre Survivor Series. Ooh, okay, right on. Uh, it was really, really. It's one of those matches where you knew the outcome going in. Like you knew with how things were going, Roman was not going to lose. You just didn't know how you're going to get there. And like it was really screwy, but there was but the match itself was so good. Like before. Jay really got involved in the low blow and all the craziness. When the two of them were just going at it, it was so good. Yeah. It's the top two guys in the company. It's It was awesome. Um, I had – so I had five, again, in no order. I had the Walter Ilya Dragunov. I had Daniel Bryan AJ. I had Edge Orton at Backlash, the greatest, uh, the greatest wrestling match ever. I have two more WWE, but I want to give the AEW first. Um. AW, again, no order. I had Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz in a street fight in July. I had that too. Where they just beat the crap out of each other. It was very good. Kenny versus Pac Iron Man match in January or February. And then Young Bucks FTR at full gear. Young Bucks versus Page and Omega at Revolution. That's my AEW. Clem, what else did you have for AEW? Uh, I had I had Pac Omega and I had best friends Santana Ortiz. But I had the stadium stampede as match of the year. It's cinematic. That's why I didn't put it there. Oh, it was it, we weren't we did that. that. But I mean, like either way though, cinematic sure. or not, that was just such a good match. Like it was very entertaining from start to finish. I get it was like cinematic, so they got to do cuts and all this other shit. But watching it, I was like, this is this is fucking good. Like this is really good. I actually plan on watching it again really soon. I've been because I've been watching the Young Bucks show being the elite from the beginning. Um, because I only started watching it recently. So by watching it from the beginning, I literally before we started, I finished the two hundred fifth episode, which is the episode about the stadium stampede. I plan on watching it again. Um it was just so much fun. Which, like, I watched it with my brother and my dad and stuff like that. My, like, the Boneyard match, Firefly Funhouse, my dad is just like, and, and my dad's more than a casual fan. Like, he gets it. But he's just like, this is, this is ridiculous. It insults your intelligence. That's a direct quote. But it's not a wrestling match. That's not what they're trying to do. But, like I said, they're just, like, it's when they do those things right, Boneyard match, Stadium Stampede, it's just fun. It's exciting. Um, you know, in kayfabe, 
Gallows and Anderson's last WWE appearance was them getting killed by The Undertaker. He choke slammed them and lit the thing on fire. They're dead. That's, you know what I mean? Um, Good way to go out. Sure. Uh, and now they're Impact Tag Team Champions. Uh, so for WWE, the other two matches I had, I mentioned Cole versus Champa at Portland earlier. And my number one WWE match of the year, it's another niche type deal. It's like I said, I don't watch UK, but in January they had a takeover Cardiff two, I think it was. And I watched it at the gym. I was on, I was riding the bike and I sat there and watched Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Bate go for about a half hour. It was the middle of January. And I said to myself, wow, in December, I'm going to be talking about this as the match of the year. And here I am. Called it back then. Wow. It was so freaking good. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. UK takeover from January. I don't exactly remember. I think it was Cardiff too. Clem, write it down. It was so much fun. I think Tyler Bate is the future of professional wrestling. He's still only like 23, 24. Jordan Devlin is very good. But Tyler Bate is one of my favorite wrestlers today. The match they put on, outrageous. So that's my match of the year. What I want to do now, we've broken down the whole year, good, bad. I want to, before we head out, I want to look towards 2021. So I have two questions. They're more WWE related. The first question is, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to it in the coming weeks. But right now, actually, I have three questions. First one, who is the winner of the Royal Rumble, men's and women's? You saw my, I put it in the chat the other day, of who I think is going to win men and women. For men, I'm going to say Keith Lee. And, Me too. And for women, I'm going to say Ronda Rousey. I'm going to say Ronda. Just because of the fact, and don't look, you can call me a Ronda Mark all you want. Besides Bianca, Ronda makes the most sense. I don't, I don't hate the guests. I don't. Because, I mean. I do. Yeah, it'll probably happen. I hate that. Just because of the fact that the last, the past couple of years, the Royal Rumble has been very predictable of who we think is going to win. Like, we knew Charlotte was going to win last year. and we No, we didn't. She was supposed to win that. We thought it was gonna. Oh, we all thought it was gonna be Shane. But either way, it was. It was either one of those two that we thought we were gonna win. The year before, we yeah, because nobody expected Charlotte to go to NXT. So you did not think Charlotte was gonna win. You're a liar. I definitely had Shayna, but either way, the year before, we everyone and their mother knew that Becky was gonna win. The sure, win. and the and the first one, Oscar. That I agree. Just not about your Charlotte team. But the thing is, you know, if Bianca, it's either I, I can guarantee you this is either going to be Bianca or Ronda, and if it it will all depend on how they build up Bianca in the upcoming weeks up until the Rumble, and if they do, and right now they just had her lose to Bailey on SmackDown last week, so it's like, do are they going to push her push her push aside, or are they going to you know build her up a little bit where she can look dominant in the Rumble and be like, okay, she's main event caliber and she'll look she'll be fantastic whoever she faces for the title. Uh, I told you guys mine as well uh, yesterday or two days ago. I have Keith Lee, I think, because if, if the rumored is that the match they want 
is Keith Lee versus Drew versus Brock. If that's the main event match you want, Keith Lee wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Drew, and then Brock shows up and Paul Heyman's just like, he never got a rematch. He's We're inserting ourselves into this match. Triple threat. Would he then leave Roman? That's a good, I don't know. And that's why, that's the biggest reason I want to see Brock come back because what happens? Is Paul Heyman just on both shows? Does Roman Reigns beat the shit out of Paul Heyman one day? And then the next night on Raw, Brock Lesnar shows up? I don't know. Um, and then for the women, I have Rhea Ripley. I think the story goes full circle that Charlotte's going to take the title off of Asuka, presumably at the Rumble. And then Rhea Ripley gets her win back and becomes Raw Women's Champion. A full call up for Rhea Ripley, and she beats Charlotte at Mania. If not Rhea Ripley, like I said before, I hope it's Bailey and we get Bailey versus Sasha at Mania because they deserve it. I'm gonna yeah, take. I, uh, I think it would be Bailey. You go, Drew. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think they call it Brea this this early. They're gonna. They're probably gonna wait. I think at this point it's late. Mm. But what? But the deal with NXT call ups now is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for the men, I, I want Bobby Lashley. Bob. I really want Bobby Lashley to go up against uh, Drew. I would, I'd pop for that. Yeah. Now, would he, would he win the title? Would he win the Rumble as U.S. champion, or does he, does he drop the title? He's got to drop, drop, that, he'll drop the title. ASAP. Yeah. ASAP is possible. He needs to drop that title. I don't really hate Ronda as a guest. Like, I usually, I usually say, like, Clem, knock it off, but, like, I don't hate Ronda as, like, a big shock guest for the Rumble. Um, I, that being said, I am. I'm stuck between Bianca and Bailey. I'm going to take Bailey and then Bianca gets in another way. I think the triple threat match between Sasha, Bailey, and Bianca is the mania match. Okay. Um, I'm also going to take Daniel Bryan for the men. So here's the thing about Daniel Bryan. It may, I feel like it makes the most sense, but yeah. he there were rumors leading up to it, and now he's come out and said it. I don't want to be a full-time wrestler anymore. I'm winding down and I'm going to be a full-time dad, part-time wrestler for him to win the rumble and go main event WrestleMania. Is that then WrestleMania is the cutoff? I would think it's like his last hurrah, like his last full-time run is now. Yeah. But so what, what do you think? What do you have him do Win the rumble then win it mania? And then that's it. Boom. Gone. Like, I feel like that's just kind of a waste. Well, he would have a run as champion. I mean, yeah, he, he would have a handful of months. And then after that, he would go more part-time. So do you have Daniel Bryan beating Roman? Yes. Okay. I, don't, I, I would love that. Actually, but I just don't – if what you're saying is true, Matt, then I don't, I don't see that happening then, you know? Like, well, that's my, that's my argument because if he's serious about ending his part-time – his full-time career, when, does that, when is that cutoff, which makes sense. But if he wins the Rumble and goes and wins the title, has the one last run like Mark says – Makes sense to me, and I dig it. I don't hate it. So we all win. Um, what is what's the main event of WrestleMania? I I still am going by this. I'm still holding this. I don't care if fans or not. It's The Rock versus Roman Reigns. I don't know about that one anymore, Clem. If there if it? there is fans, it'll be Rock Roman. See, but at this point, at this point though. Because it's uncertain, the, the fan question. How early does that need to be built up? Or do you think just what he's doing with the Usos, maybe Jimmy comes back and 
they have another feud and then Rikishi and whatever. How early does that need to start? Or can the rock just show up one day and it's like, Roman dude, what are you doing? I'll see you at WrestleMania. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. It'll be a last minute thing. Uh, if it's a last minute thing, I think they wait a year. I think they wait until there's a real build with real fans. I don't think they would just like, that's not something that you just shoot into action. Like that's not like a, that has to be like carefully planned and booked and you don't want to, you want to rush that. I, the only reason I'm saying The Rock is because, Matt, you said this two weeks ago, or Mark, you might have said it. Someone said it two weeks ago when we were doing the show. Is that, you know, the head of the table, chief, everyone, the tribal chief, it's getting played out a little bit because it's the same shit. He needs something new. Sure. He needs something new. And because The Rock is in that family, he's in that Samoan family, The Rock can be like, whoa. You're not smelling what I'm cooking, you know. Like it's me. I'm been the most dominant wrestler in WWE since Hulk Hogan. Like well, that's it. Yeah, I think in the family, but sure. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's a stretch. Um, Is uh, is Kevin Owens done? Is Kevin Owens done with Roman? Uh, I wouldn't doubt that they run it back just because they don't have anything else to do. But I don't know. Um. I, here's my other problem with Rock versus Roman. It shouldn't be for the title. Because if, because if Roman's champion... It'll be for the title and Roman will win. But, yeah. but if, it's, if he's the champion and he beats The Rock, who then is beating Roman Reigns? Lesnar. Cena. Probably Lesnar. I mean... Those good choices, though, because if you're building this guy up... No, so they're not. I was saying, Matt... On the flip side, whoever does beat him gets the ultimate of ultimate rubs. And, and, that, and that's what I was about to say. An Adam Cole or... If that's the Keith case, Lee. it's not going to be a Cena or a Brock. It's going to be someone who needs the... Like, for argument's sake, if it's if it's Big E, then yeah. he then goes to the moon. It wouldn't be Cena. It wouldn't be Brock. Or at least it wouldn't make sense to be one of those If, if that's the case, you know, that's the storyline they go with. And, you know, like you said, like Roman does beat the Rock. It's like, oh, who can beat the Rock? Whoever they plan on making beating The Rock, I mean, um, Roman, they're basically saying you're going to be the face of the company for the next couple of years. Like, you're, we're putting all but of it our. Doesn't even, it doesn't even have to be someone like that because it could be Daniel Bryan, which again is. Well, exactly. Like an established. Necessarily the way to go. It's either going to be like an established name or they're going to go with, hey, Adam Cole, this is, it, it's your time. Or Finn Balor, it's your time. Keith Lee, it's your time to do this now. You know, I think the guy. I think the guy that's going to beat Roman, not necessarily at Mania, because uh, I have something else in mind for Roman at Mania. I think the guy who eventually takes the title off him is Seth Rollins. I'm down. I'm fine I, with that. And it, but I think it would be because we had Roman versus Seth in years past. It was babyface Roman versus heel Seth. Right now they're both heels. I think somehow. If Seth's still doing the Messiah gimmick, no, nah, he's not gonna. He's done with that. When he comes back, it'll be it'll be old Seth Rollins with the burn it down theme. I think that if they somehow twist the Monday Night Messiah, who's now on SmackDown on Fridays, if they somehow twist the Messiah into like an anti-hero babyface type, that could work. Or it's yeah. just burn it down, Seth Rollins, which is nerve-wracking to me because that got stale. It didn't work after he won. Yeah, right. But babyface Seth Rollins versus heel Roman Reigns sm- smells like money. It does. It does. That's, I think does. that might be SummerSlam, if not Mania. 
<laughs> I always got upset though with the Seth Rollins like slander, like the baby face, because it's always so hard like to book the the, the big face. Like, the chase is the whole thing with the baby exactly. face. When you're chasing after the belt, once you actually get the belt, it's so hard to like remain engaged and like keep like interesting storylines going. I don't think that was Seth's fault at all. No. Even now with Drew McIntyre, like you had me saying for years, oh, Drew McIntyre should win. He should beat Brock. Now, though, I think he needs to get rid of the title. It's an it's enough already. Like these guys, we like the same thing happened with Becky. By the end of Becky's run, before she announced the pregnancy, it was kind of like, all right, what's next? You're always looking ahead. And as wrestling fans, like Mark said, you you love the chase. WWE does a very good job of booking the chase. Mm-hmm. They do not do a good job of booking what comes next. The, well, if you mention, you know, now that Seth Rollins is going to take the title, well, you want Seth Rollins to take the title of Roman. And I don't I do. think that. I actually like that idea. I, I think it doesn't happen until SummerSlam, though. But that, my next question was going to be, when does Seth come back? Uh, he's coming back this Friday. I think they announced it. Oh, really? I oh, is he really? I think so. Damn. I didn't oh, see that. That's big. I'm going to Google it right now because maybe I dreamt that if you, none of you guys saw it. I, I'm pretty sure he's coming back. I feel like that's too quick. That is way too quick. I thought I was expecting Rumble return. And I, I'm not saying that like from like, hey, you should be with your newborn kid and your wife. I'm saying that as like, I mean, need some time. <laughs> like, give it a. Yeah, it depends. He's gonna show up. He comes back. What? New Year's Day SmackDown. Seth Rollins. Return. Oh my god! I guess ratings must be that bad. And no, if, that's good. If you're gonna do that though, don't confirm it. Just hit his music. And then everybody who's not watching SmackDown on New Year's Day will hear, oh, Seth Rollins is coming back. I'm going to go turn on the TV. If he comes back and says something to Roman or does something cool, then, like, that's awesome. If he comes back and he's like, hey, buddy, we're not done yet, that's brutal. He's going to come back and say, hey, hey. he's going to hey, come buddy, back we're and not done yet. Hey, buddy Murphy, you thought you had enough of me, then I'm, I'm back. <laughs> he's shooting with Red Mysterio. And until I'm proven otherwise, I, that's what I'll think. That's um, absurd. So the reason I don't think we're going to get Seth Rollins, Roman at the Rumble at uh, WrestleMania is because, unfortunately, I believe that the main event of WrestleMania, maybe not the last match, but Roman's match, which is a main event, Roman will be defending the championship against Goldberg. Don't say this, do that. Don't say that. I don't think so. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg was the match they wanted to have. They didn't get to have it. Don't wish that upon us, Matt. I would put good money on that match happening. I don't think so. Please do not. On this match. Currently, currently, the according to Vegas. If that happens, it's your fault now. I'm no, 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 no. It's not my fault because according to Vegas, <laughs> there fault. are the top three guys who are three to one odds to win the Royal Rumble. Are, and I'm not saying Goldberg would win the Rumble to wrestle Roman. I think he would just come out and be like, you didn't beat me for that title, um, even though somebody else did. Whatever. Bad booking. It'll happen. The three-to-one odds. Big E, who I don't think is going to win the Rumble because he just won the IC title. Give him a run with that. Edge, who could come back. Maybe Orton gets the title back and you do Edge for Orton. And number three is Goldberg. I don't think any three of those men are going to win the Rumble, but Goldberg versus Roman. The spear! 
versus the spear. You don't hear Michael Cole already saying these things, and I can picture it in my head, and I don't like it. So stop saying. But, but Clem, we get in this fight every week. I don't say these things because I want them to happen. I say these things because it's kind of obvious. I will say you were completely wrong about Lana. <laughs> about what? Lana. She is not. She's. I hopefully she doesn't come back ever. Again. I think Edge could. Edge could. Back. Edge I, could fight Roman. And I, then Roman just puts him on his ass and says, like, you're too old, man. And then, like, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, know. but Edge just coming back again, coming back from coming back. I, I don't think you can give him a loss like that because it would have to be decisive against Roman Reigns. No, he can, he can lose to everybody, dude. That's what he's there for. Put everybody else over. But if he doesn't get a big win to start, yeah, it'll be the Rumble. Eating Edge doesn't mean much because it's not really Edge. It's, you know, it's old man Edge. You know what I mean? He needs to get a big win first. Um, otherwise, I think the main event, like if it's not, if that's not the last match, I think Drew versus Brock versus Keith Lee has some legs, and I think that can main event. Yeah, but when does Brock come back? Does Brock come out the back at the Rumble? Uh, no, he might come. I don't know. Uh, but I think. If because I don't think Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre is your WrestleMania match, he if you throw Brock Lesnar in as a triple threat, that's a WrestleMania match. Um, I hope Brock comes back. I think he might come back maybe day after the Rumble or maybe day after whatever pay per views in, in between. I think they're, they're bringing back Armageddon, is the new in between pay per view. Um, maybe he comes back there or the next night. Um, I have one more question. We have answers. Doubtful for you. What is one or two things, like I have two myself, that you are hopeful that you want to see happen in 2021? I'll go first. Lacey Evans wins a women's championship. Lacey Evans wins a couple matches. Uh, she's she's good. I, I like agree Lacey. with you, Mark. Um, the, she's I want gonna, Keith Lee to win a title. I think it's possible. I think WrestleMania might be the move. I think it could be. I want I, I going off of like with Mark, not specifically Lacey Evans, but anyone who isn't Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, or Oscar have a title run, like a legitimate title. Somebody new. Somebody new. Someone new. Like even throw. I'll, I'll be fine with throwing Alexa back in the. Like I don't mind that. Like or <laughs> somebody new or this person who's not new at all. Um, sure, you know what? I She's mean. been away from the title picture. Yeah, that's fine. So like Lacey Evans, Alexa, Nikki Cross, Bianca Belair, Peyton Royce. I don't even care. If Peyton Royce runs with the title. She's decent enough. Guess what? I think the odds are better for Billy Kay to get a run. Oh, don't say that, Matt. Come on. Um, I think Billy Kay is hysterical. She's really funny, but she's not going to win the title. The gim- I I didn't say that. I think the odds for her to win the title are better than Peyton Royce. They should just put them back together. Of course they should. Of course they should. Um, here are my two hopes for the year. My first one is that Adam Cole goes to Raw or SmackDown and they treat him like the main event star that he is. And my second one... Um, so... Usually I have these things that I harp on. Like I harped on Kofi, Kofi winning the world title and then it finally happened. So it's like, well, what else do I have? Year after year, I need something. Then I had, oh, Drew's going to win and face Brock. Well, now that happened too. So 
what do I have left? Give me what I want. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Please. That's crazy that that didn't happen. If you do not do that match, you are wasting Bobby Lashley. He's not going to be around forever. He's already an old dude. Uh, I've I've heard you say this since I met you, what, like three, four years ago? (laughs) Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. Doesn't have to be at Mania. Do it at SummerSlam. I don't care. That's the match. That's what I want to see. They completely botched the first time it happened because... Because Brock was like, naturally, no, I don't want to do that. Because Brock like won the title, and it's well, Brock had the title, and you had this Roman versus Bobby Lashley feud, and Bobby wins at Extreme Rules. I remember this specifically. And, and then Roman got the title shot. And then there's like, oh yeah, number one contenders match next night, same same guys, but Roman wins. It's like what the what the hell was well, now they're even. Maybe do the match one more time. Yeah, it was like the fuck like we they botched it completely. But yeah, I agree with you. I would love to see that, or. I would love to see Finn Balor in the main title, not NXT title, the main title picture during this year, sometime this year. Drew, what do you got? Anything? I said I just wanted Keith Lee to win a title. You said Keith Lee. All right. It turns out I do have one more question. Last question. This time I mean it. When? Well, actually, not necessarily when, but will it be 2021? A Becky Lynch return. No. Is it this year? Yes. I think it's 2021. No. I, I Raw after Mania. I have the old Raw after Mania. Raw after Mania, yeah, probably. Dude, when the day she had the baby, Clem was like, we're not going to see her for three years. Because <laughs> she had a kid. You, you know what it's like to take care of a kid? It's not like she. this is like an eight-year-old, seven-year-old. It'll be when Ronda wins the title Ooh. at Mania. She brings it home, and then Becky Lynch music plays, and then challenges Ronda. Here, that's why That's why Ronda winning the Rumble actually works, because you got Becky come back the next night. Yeah. But, Clem, your argument, it's like women have kids and then go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> women, most of those women are WWE superstars. Yeah, but she was the no- – and then you were like, oh, well, the Bella Twins or, like, people had kids and didn't come back so soon. Those women were not the number one star in professional wrestling. Forget WWE, professional wrestling. She was number one on top, and I, she had a kid. I understand that completely. But do you know – I look, we're not women. We don't – This is all also assuming she wants to come back. Yes. We're not women. We don't have kids, so we don't know what it's like. But I can guarantee you she's not going to leave her six-month-year-old... Wait, 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 wait. This is such a dumb argument. You, you, <laughs> so pre- you prefaced that by saying, we're not women, we don't know. And then said, but I guarantee... <laughs> it's, I can guarantee she's not going to leave her six-month-year-old child... To go travel on the road, especially if there's fans back at that time, not oh, after Mania. on the road to go wrestle every single day. I can get okay. Clem, Clem, as the weeks go on, in your case, as the years go on, maybe. Have the over a year and a half. We will see. The over a year and a half, I would smash the under. Um, look, maybe it's not Royal Mania, but it's sometime in 2021 is how I feel. Mark, you agree, right? Yeah, I think it's Royal Mania. I got 2021, but Raw after Mania specifically. Look, 2021, 2020 was wild. It was. Very bad, very good, some things. 
um, specifically in professional wrestling, again, you could say very bad, very good. Um, I'm excited for the new year. Um, uh, but well, before we, you know, I continue. yeah, I was gonna say, what do you, 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 you know, how I do this? I, I can I say, all right, that's it for me. I can tell you we're about to wrap it up. And before we, you wrap it up and give the whole spiel, I had, I had a surprise for us today. Unfortunately, it fell through. Um, I was uh, texting, messaging the perfect 10, Alex Demiris, for a surprise appearance today. Come on the show, do a list with us and everything like that. But unfortunately, he couldn't get out of work on time. So he had to stay late. But I had Alex Demiris ready and raring to go for this episode of Phenomenal Fall. So, Clem, first off, I do appreciate that. Second, you're acting like that's not something we could have just done. <laughs> I, I know, but I wanted the whole surprise because 2020. I, so. I, I understand. Very, very I, nice. Very good, Clem. When you said perfect 10, I was like, Ty Dillinger? <laughs> I was like, how did he manage that? Um, I can pull some strings. Let me, let me see if I can get Ty Dillinger. <laughs> right, okay. Um, with that, hopefully that's all Clem has. That's all I have. Fellas, we good? We cool? All good. Mark, what is John Cena doing in 2021? That's my last question for you. Hopefully, is on my television screen. Probably doing some Fast and Furious promotions. Uh, <laughs> a new movie, but like whatever he's doing, I'm watching. Does he get in the ring? Yes or no? Yes. There's fans. Yes is the answer. Mark leaves us with people with that. Thank you for listening. 2020 is just about over. 2021 around the corner. And guess what? We're going to break it all down for you right here on the Phenomenal Forum.